With the surprising answer that Jesus gave to those wanting to know what they must do to do the works of God, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work, singular. They said, what work should I do? He says, here's one work. Here's, this is what you need to do. That you believe in him whom he sent. That's it. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, here's the work. You ready? Trust me. Trust me in this. Trust me in that. Trust me over here. Trust me over there. Trust me. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Pray and let God worry, said Martin Luther, for we never need to be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God, especially knowing that God loves us, and He does, as we'll hear today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll meet you in Romans chapter 10. During our last time together, we heard that we are loved by God and by His church. Here now with more on this love that's so inspiring and motivating is Pastor Ed. You're important to us whether you do anything or not. We love you and we will serve you and be there for you no matter what you do or don't do. For some of you, it is a lesson that must be learned. Like, you know, the Lord loves me even if I don't do anything? Yeah. And in that love, he's going to continue to stir you and draw you and teach you and help you realize that there's a joy. It's a blast to serve the Lord. Not because I have to. It's like, well, I better serve the Lord. I have to. I'm a Christian. No, no, because I get to. I get to serve the Lord. My life now gets to be a blessing to the kingdom of God and to people around me. I mean, that's cool. And that's motivating that God would take someone that wasn't a blessing to other people, that wasn't actively engaged in the kingdom of God for the work of the kingdom and seeing people get saved. And now God, he says, you know what? I love you. I want to pour myself into you and I'm going to use you. Flip over to Colossians. I love this. Great picture of the change of heart that happens in the believer. What a great picture. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to pick up in verse 1 when you get there. It's to the right from where you are. Colossians chapter 3. I love this. This is so encouraging. Your value and worth here at Calvary is not in what you do and what you oversee or what title or position you might have. We love you for you. And I pray that we're faithful to be that conduit of love towards you. We love you for who you are in Jesus Christ and how precious your life is to him. And so there's a change that goes on. Verse 1, chapter 3, Colossians, he says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Notice verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life, notice, is hidden with Christ in God. By the way, that is the safest and best place to be on earth today, is to be hidden in Jesus Christ, to be covered by his righteousness. The Bible says that if all of our iniquities were counted up and held against us, who could stand? None of us could stand. 
But oh, to be hidden in Jesus. This is a key change for the believer. No longer interested in, no longer bound by the earth. Our new Christian mind is set on and pointed and focused on heavenly things. It's a change of perspective. Our eyes are now open spiritually and we care about heavenly things. And the more that we care about heavenly things, what happens is is you become more earthly good. As you are caught up and enraptured with the love and the grace and the mercy and the compassion of Jesus, it makes you want to scream it from the rooftops to the people in your life. To give them a word in due season to encourage them and build them up. It motivates us to give ourselves entirely over to the things of God. Now, of course, there's still this life on earth, isn't there? There are bills and battles to be dealt with here on earth. I mean, a bill that comes up that you weren't expecting, it puts you right back on the earth, doesn't it? Oh, man, what are we going to do and how are we going to handle this? But the answer is to keep your mind on heavenly things. Keep your mind focused on eternity. That bill will soon pass. Those things of this earth, maybe it's not a bill or some financial thing, although I know many are dealing with that today with unemployment and underemployment. We pray for you that God would open a door. But you know, he's building your trust through the process. He's causing you to cry out to him like never before. He's bringing you to that place where, you know, Lord, you're going to provide. You've provided before. You're going to provide this time. And I trust you, even though everything from the enemy's onslaught is don't trust him, don't trust him, don't trust him. As a believer, you're like, I trust you, Lord. It could could be something in the realm of finances, but it could also be something in the realm of trinkets and toys of this world. I mean, they get us, don't they? They trip us up. That great gadget or that car or whatever it might be. You go, oh, that will satisfy me. That will make me happy. And then you get it. And the next day, the new model comes out. And you're like, that's not right, man. If I would have just waited a day. Okay, so you wait the day, you get the new model. They've got one in the pipeline that's coming out three days later. Because that's how the world works. Always dangling a carrot before you for satisfaction. If you were just to get this trinket, you'd be happy. Oh, you see the commercial with the car going down the windy road and the beach is there. Why do they play that in Colorado? That's not the way it is here. Oh, I wish I had that car and be by the beach. There is, I have checked all around Colorado. There is no beach in Colorado. The closest we get is the reservoir, man. And, you know, it'll do, but it's not the beach. So you get the car and you park it out there, taking all four spaces sideways. Why? Because now that's your car, man. Don't want me to mess with my car. Brand new paint job, got the right color. And you're all excited about the car, but you're thinking about that car. I know, man, I got that new car. I want to make sure I parked it just right. And you look out the window and you go, oh, no, kids are playing in the snow next to my car. They're throwing snow. Wait, wait, get, get off of my car. Get down, get down there. And before you know it, you're going to run out there. You're going to pop a kid in the head for messing with your car. I'll tell you why. Because your heart and your mind is sold out to an earthly thing and you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it and you're thinking about it and it really didn't satisfy you did it it really didn't last you know maybe it's not some toy or trinket maybe it's for you and ministering to singles this is directly to some of you singles so for so many years for you you think the solution in your life is a relationship you think that's it 
The enemy has got you to that place where if I just had a husband or I just had a wife, things would change. Listen, things would definitely change for sure. (laughs) What are you guys laughing at? What is like, man, it's true. Things will change. Things might get a little better. Things might get a little worse. But listen, the solution for what you're going through isn't a relationship. It's to get your heart right with the Lord. Because you get into that relationship and you'll find out, oh, they don't completely satisfy me. It's a challenge. I didn't know. And and I thought, oh, it would be so good. It would be so great. And indeed, it could be so good and so great. But it's not going to satisfy you. The solution in your singleness right now is to receive wise, godly counsel and obey the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the solution for you right now. Single man, single woman, under the Lord, waiting on him. Maybe you don't characterize your life that way. Maybe it's in a marriage situation. You're tough, man. It's a tough marriage. You're, you got a tough go at it. You guys brought a lot of baggage into this thing. You might be unequally yoked. You got saved later in life. And it's just a tough thing. It's a horrible thing right now. And you're like, wow, if this would just happen, I just get, I'll just get a new mate. That's it. I'll get a new one. I'll try. The world says I can get a new one. I'll get a new one. That's not going to solve the problem. It's going to make it worse. Listen, you're in a difficult marriage situation right now. Listen, here's the solution. Receive wise counsel. Obey the Lord in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the answer. Maybe it's finances right now. And that's really the issue in your heart. It could be something that had nothing to do with you. It could be something that you did. And now you're just struggling and wrestling financially. So if I only had more money, that would be the key. If I only had more money. Oh, let's say the Lord gives you a little bit more money this week. And you pay that bill, but the next one comes the next week. See, it's not a money issue as much as it is a heart issue. And the counsel for those that are struggling financially, receive wise counsel and obey God in the power of his Holy Spirit. He will show himself faithful. He will be a faithful God to you because he is a faithful God to you. Setting your minds on earthly things. It sounds awfully familiar to what Jesus said, doesn't it? Flip over to Matthew chapter 6 now. You know, I found that those men and women who are truly satisfied, those men and women that are truly experiencing a pureness of joy, a happiness on earth, are those that realize that this earth is not their home. That they're not as earthbound as they might think. But that there is a heavenly home, eternity with Jesus Christ. That yes, we walk on this road, we walk on this earth, and we live in this world, but the Bible is abundantly clear that we're not of this world, and Jesus said the same thing. Look at Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount is this section, and Jesus is taking profound teachings and simplifying them, shooting them directly at the heart. It's always a heart issue in our lives, it always is a heart issue. It might be measured in a lot of different ways. But God is always shooting for the heart. I love this. Verse 19, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is speaking and he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. So let's just take a little quiz there. How many treasures should you lay up for yourself on earth? None. Here's the answer, Christian. Don't do it. And then he says, look it. On the earth, moth and rust destroy. And thieves break in and steal. That thing that you thought was going to bring you all the joy and satisfaction got ripped off and wore down. And it left you what? Wanting the next one or the new one, never bringing satisfaction. So he says, what do you do then? Well, verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where neither moth nor rust destroys, nor thieves cannot break in and steal. Like it's untouchable. Laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, putting our minds focused on eternity and in heaven. And then he gets to the point, verse 21. Here's the point. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. That is very, very, very key. Where and what you treasure is where your heart is. It follows. I can look and watch your life. You can look and watch at my life. And that which I'm investing my time and my talents and my resources, the treasures, the resources God has given me, where my money goes or my time, where my attention goes, you can say, you know what? That's what that, bro, that's what that brother treasures. I mean, he's really into, and you can fill in the blank. And Jesus says, look, you really want that spiritual strength in life. You really desire that pure joy and satisfaction. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Be a heavenly-minded man and woman. That's where pure joy is, even in the midst of trial. So often we cry out, and, and man, I'm right there with you. Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from this trial. Take it away from me and take me out of it. And often I'll hear the reply of heaven. No, Ed, it's through the valley of the shadow of death that I'll walk with you. I'll go with you through it. But you need to go through the valley. You need to learn. You need to be stretched. Your trust needs to be built up in me. And you know, it's, he's faithful. He does. You know, the people that experience pure joy and happiness are those that have caught this and understand it. But those that are trying to find and trying to gain contentment for the things of this earth are the ones that never seem to find it. They never seem to have the joy of the Lord. And we're commanded to set our minds on things above. And so as you wait on the Lord and strengthen in his word, he will begin to develop you and strengthen you. Back in... Romans chapter 10, as we wind down, he says, the word is near you. It's in your heart. He goes back to Deuteronomy and quotes Deuteronomy. He says, the word's near you, this word of faith by which we preach. And even today, as we live for Jesus, we don't need to climb some high ladder to get to God. We don't have to dig some deep pit to go down and try to find him. He's here very near. And the word of faith is right there before us. We don't have to search for God's will on how to be righteous or how to be saved because it's right there next to us. The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. It's that word of faith, trusting and relying upon Jesus Christ through thick and through thin. Remember, they came to Jesus in John chapter 6. You can jot it down. No, turn there. John chapter 6. They came to Jesus and asked him a very pointed question. They were living in a very works-oriented religious system. So that when the Messiah comes, they were expecting Messiah to be very works-oriented too. And it blew their mind that he wasn't. And so from that backdrop, they come to Jesus. Look at John chapter 6, verse 28. And they ask him a question. Very pointed, very direct, very specific to what's on their heart. And they said to him, verse 28, John chapter 6, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Now, on the one hand, that's a good question. You know, Lord, what would you have me to do? But that's not how they're asking it. They're asking it, you just tell me what I need to do to be right with God. Give me the 10 things. Give me the five things. Give me the sacrifice. Give me the place I need to go. What is it that I need to do? I want to work the works of God too. And I love his answer, don't you? 
It says, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work, singular. They said, what work should I do? He says, here's one work. Here's, this is what you need to do. That you believe in him whom he sent. That's it. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, here's the work. You ready? Trust me. Trust me in this. Trust me in that. Trust me over here. Trust me over there. Isn't it amazing? Perhaps you've fallen into this trap as I had. I don't really have a problem in my life trusting God for my salvation. I really don't. I I know I'm saved. I know God's done a work in my life. I know my life. I know where I was. I know where I am. I know what God has done to bring me here, that he's abiding presence in my life. I don't have a problem trusting God for my salvation. But then when trials pop into, into my life, little ones, big ones, whatever they might be, I have a hard time trusting God for that. Oh, I'm saved, but I got a flat tire. Lord, what am I supposed to do? You know, you're going to send somebody to help me change a tire? You, you know, you, something so simple can trip me up so quickly. And it doesn't have to be simple. It could be something heavy that has taken our attention off of the Lord. We trust God for our salvation. That's man's greatest need. Man's greatest need is the salvation of their sin, and God has provided a way. For your greatest need to be taken care of by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That by faith in him, you are saved. It's not you will be saved, you are saved. And you have the assurance of your salvation. So that in God meeting your greatest need, throughout your life, step by step and piece by piece, he starts showing himself faithful in your life. This is the work of God. Believe on him whom he sent. It's not more doing and not more activity and not more work, but simply just trusting God, realizing that we're just pilgrims and strangers on this earth. You can jot this one down in Acts chapter 16 in the Philippian jail. Paul and Silas are there. They get broken out, and the Philippian jailer, he's flipped out. He doesn't know what to do, and he runs in and he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What do you think they answered? Some heavy duty, well, here's a list of things to do. Finish the list and come back and we'll talk to you. No, he said, they said the same thing that Jesus said. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. <laughs> that is so cool. The salvation of your soul and even the rescuing of your life in the situation you're in right now. I just prayed after first service with a couple that's been in our fellowship for years They walked in raw and tore up and beat up. And we have spent countless hours and time, many of the pastors and leaders here in their lives. I would say that he would be a perfect example of a man that would describe what the Bible says. Though a man falls seven times, he will rise again. Not only did they have difficulties, but their marriage was ready to be disintegrated. They were a series of bad decisions. But I had the privilege today of praying over them, just laying hands on them, praying over them, because they're moving away, being led by the Lord as a strong married couple, really sensing a ministry call on their lives. That, my friends, is the faithfulness of God. That story most likely has been repeated in one form or variation in your life. Because I think at the end of the day, one of the songs that we are going to sing in heaven is going to be a song. I don't know the lyrics yet, but the word faithfulness will be in it. We will rejoice in the faithfulness of God. In heaven, we won't argue about it. We won't worry about it. We won't even question it. 
We will be there after we're done saying, oh my gosh, you made it? I made it. We're here. Oh yeah. After we're done, kind of figure out, hey, we all made it. We're here. Yes. The next song will be, oh God, you are so faithful. And I am so grateful for you in my life. We don't have to wait to heaven to sing that song, gang. You can sing it now. Great is your faithfulness, we sing. Great is your faithfulness. And even though some things might have blinded you, you might get back on that religious treadmill. Listen, faithfulness, God's, he will establish in your life, showing you and giving you a testimony that indeed he is faithful. But we're like those little toddlers down your precious little toddlers down in the nursery. Yours, yeah. You know whose toddlers I'm talking about. That when they're playing with a toy, it comes time to share, right? So you call little Johnny over and say, Hey, Johnny, you've had the toy too long. Mary wants to play with it. Something miraculous happens in that instant. Johnny gets superhero powers. <laughs> and he holds on to that toy. Mary's not getting it. You're not getting it. Nobody's getting this toy. And I find at times, whatever you've been holding on to, somewhere along the way, you too have this superhero, superhuman strength, and you're not going to let go. God says, give it to me. Let go of it. Let go. It's time to let go of it. It's time to leave this behind. And I would just ask you, church, Instead of clinging to it with all of your energy, just let go and allow all of that energy that you've been using so long to keep, 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 to become that flowing conduit of the love and the grace and the mercy and the goodness and the compassion and the long-suffering of our God to show up in your life in a mighty way. So that one day, too, when we have time for testimony, as we do from time to time here, You'll be able to come up and not share all sorts of struggles and battles because that's not what's on your mind. But that by the time you're able to come up, you'll come up and you'll share not the struggles and the battles, but the faithfulness of God and how you got through it and how he strengthened you and how you are here today where you weren't there yesterday. Because Christianity isn't, the solution isn't to do more, do more, do more. The work of God is done in your life. What he's desiring for you is to let go whatever you're holding back in your own strength, in your own wisdom, and to follow him wholeheartedly. That righteousness of faith, Paul says, he says, it's right there. It's right near you. It's so close. It's right there. Just let go. Allow the Lord to flood your life. It could mean drastic change for you. You may have to make drastic changes in your life according to the word of God. It could mean small little adjustments in your life according to the word of God. But I'll tell you, when you follow through in obedience, allowing God to minister to you and use you greatly, friend, you will not be disappointed. The world will disappoint you. Man will disappoint you. You might even disappoint yourself. But God, I promise you and assure you, you will not be disappointed for all that you are and all that you surrender to Him. It is so true. You can never outgive God. 
Pastor Ed Taylor with encouragement to surrender your all to God. You will not be disappointed. Thanks for joining us for Abounding Grace. We've been in Romans chapter 10. And if you missed any portion, you can simply go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another convenient way to get these daily studies is by signing up to receive the free Abounding Grace podcast. Load the messages onto your mobile device and listen at the gym, in the car, or wherever you go. Just go to AboundingGraceRadio.com to learn more about that. You can also get our app. It's available on all platforms. This is another way to hear our program. Search for Calvary Aurora. With the COVID-19 pandemic going on, you might have a little extra time on your hands these days as you're at home. Why not pull out a good book that can build you up in the Lord? We'd like to suggest A Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards. It's based on the biblical figures of David, Saul, and Absalom. If you've ever experienced pain, loss, or heartache at the hands of other believers, this will be very encouraging to you. There's comfort, healing, and hope to be found in A Tale of Three Kings. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Please remember, it's through your support that we're able to present this radio program on this station and others like it. Call 877-30-GRACE, and we can help you with the ordering details. We'll return to Romans next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.